It's always true. Already the bearing branches hold next year's secret leaves and blooms. Already the sunflowers and squash are scattering their seeds. They're turning their attention underground. Come, they say to us, follow the shortening days into dark. Welcome autumn. Pause at the threshold where the veil thins between living and dead and the ancestors speak. Trust the turning, trust the long nights dreaming, trust all that you need for tomorrow is forming within and among. Come, let us worship together. Good morning, happy Halloween and Samhain Sunday. I'm Angela Herrera, the senior minister here at First Unitarian Church of Albuquerque. I'm joined this morning by the Reverend Bob Valley, our associate minister, by lay leader Michaela Renz Whitmore, and by Mia Noren, our director of religious education. Our DJ this morning is William Baker, and Eric Renz Whitmore, Ted, and Ray round out our tech team this morning. We also have a very special guest preacher visiting this morning. The Reverend Mary Catherine Morn is here. Mary Catherine is the president of UUSC, that stands for the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee. That's an independent organization that works for human rights and social justice internationally, all over the world. Their work is grounded in the values of UU and in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And this is a really cool organization. If you haven't heard about them, you're gonna love learning about the work they do. They use a partnership model that centers the leadership of grassroots partners on the ground. And they accompany and strengthen those partners as they work together for human rights. They were formed a little more than 80 years ago at the dawn of World War II. And they have worked on some of the world's most intense and desperate human rights crises. They do all of this with a fairly modest budget. And this is a really cool point of pride. The last eight years, USC has gotten the highest rating from Charity Navigator for financial health and accountability and transparency. So we're really proud to partner with them. And everything they do is possible because of the support of individual members of UUSC, most of whom are UUs. So here at First Unitarian, about 100 folks are members of UUSC. That's more than 10% of our congregation. Mary Catherine served as a parish minister in UU congregations for 27 years before she moved into denominational leadership at the UUA. And then in 2018, she started at UUSC. Welcome, Mary Catherine. Thank you, Angela. It's a joy to be here. Good morning, everyone. We're thrilled and honored that you're here. And I'll mention also this morning, Mary Catherine is joined by her colleague, Kate Friedman, who may be able to chat with you if you have questions about UUSC during the service. And if you are also a visitor this morning, we invite you if you feel comfortable to put your name and location in the chat so that we can greet you personally. And now Michaela has an announcement to share. We are on the cusp of something new. Beginning next Sunday, instead of seeing your worship leaders in their offices and homes, you'll see us in the sanctuary. Next Sunday, we begin holding a second in-person service in the sanctuary in Albuquerque at 9 a.m. 
and streaming it here onto Zoom where you'll be able to log in using the same link as always. There'll be a Zoom host to greet you. And while the look may be different, there will still be time to enjoy to share your joys and concerns. And you'll have an opportunity for the virtual coffee hour in breakout rooms. In addition, Zoom attendees will also now get to enjoy the same live music as the in-person crowd. We light this flame to make big shadows for our monsters to move in. For what are our monsters but the unfed desires we refuse to embrace, the unlearned lessons that continue to hurt us and those we love? We come together in this circle of flame, bringing our whole selves ready to explore and to love even the dark parts of ourselves. May this flame spark in each of us connection and commitment to this journey and to each other. Won't you join me? Won't you join me in our children's affirmation this morning? We are Unitarian Universalists. We are people of faith with open minds, loving hearts, and helping hands. This month, our elementary children have been learning 
about the ideas in the first principle that each person has worth and dignity and that we respect that. But what is respect and how do we show it? Sometimes the most respect we can show is to listen. The story I'm sharing with you today is common in many countries located in the Western part of Africa and is called the blind man and the hunter. First, there was a wedding and the people celebrated with special clothes, drumming and dancing, singing and stories and feasting. Later, the new husband asked his bride, is your brother truly blind? He is, but he moves with such grace and confidence. He sees with his ears was her reply. The husband thought about her words. Perhaps they also explained why it was that of all the songs sung and poetry recited at the wedding, the blind man's words seem the wisest. The husband's claim to fame and source of great pride was his skill at hunting. He went into the bush as often as he could and always came home with supper. His new brother-in-law often asked if he could join in the hunt but the husband was reluctant. Uh, perhaps he worried it would be dangerous for a blind man. One day, the husband came home with a prized gazelle. There was plenty of meat for the entire village and it was delicious. After the meal, the blind man asked again whether he could join his brother-in-law in the hunt. Feeling very proud of himself and with a full and satisfied belly, the husband agreed. The very next morning, the brothers-in-law set off down the trail to set traps for birds. The best place to capture birds was a long way off. After they'd been walking for some time, the blind man suddenly tugged on the hunter's arm and whispered, there's a lion. Where? A little ahead and to our left, but it's sleeping, we'll be okay. Sure enough, they hadn't gone much farther when the hunter caught a glimpse of the large buff colored mound expanding and contracting rhythmically. You know what that was, don't you? Once they'd safely passed it, he asked, how did you know the lion was there? The blind man shrugged and said, I see with my ears. An hour or so later, they had arrived at the place where the hunter suggested placing their traps. He set them out. Had anyone been watching, they might have noticed that he took better care to disguise his own trap than that of his brother-in-law's. The next day, they headed back down the trail to check the traps. After they had walked a ways, the blind man tugged at the hunter's arm once again. There's an elephant. Where? demanded the hunter, a little annoyed. Up ahead and to our right. It's found a water hole. We need not worry. Sure enough, after they'd walked a little further, the hunter could make out a wall of wrinkled gray. You know what that was, don't you? Once they'd safely passed it, he asked, how did you know the elephant was there? Again, the blind man shrugged and said, I see with my ears. They walked on and even before they had arrived at the traps, 
The blind man shouted with exuberance, we've caught some birds. The hunter went to his own trap first. He had caught a small gray bird. He released it from the trap and put it into his pouch. As he approached the blind man's trap, his heart beat faster and his head began to spin with jealousy. The blind man's trap held a dazzling bird whose long tail feathers were a rainbow of colors. Quickly, the hunter grabbed the bird and with a sleight of hand, he gave the blind man the gray bird and put the rainbow bird into his own pouch. As they walked home, the hunter began to think about his wife's face and how it would light up when he gave her the beautiful bird he had captured. Thinking about his wife caused him to recall their wedding, the dances, the songs, the poetry, and he thought again about the wisdom of his brother-in-law. Suddenly it occurred to him that here on the trail was his opportunity to learn more from this wise man. So he said to his brother-in-law, you are so clever. Tell me why, when there is so much beauty in the world, that there is also hatred and war. It was a few moments before the blind man answered. Eventually he said, strife and war are caused by the kind of dishonesty and greed that you have just displayed. Hunter gulped. He searched for words to explain his actions, but even the excuse of taking the bird for his wife's sake felt shallow. Instead, he took the rainbow bird out of his pouch and exchanged it for the blind man's gray bird. They walked along some more, and when the hunter felt somewhat recovered, he asked, how is it that war can ever end? Now, the blind man smiled. He said, strife disappears and peace returns when people learn from their mistakes and change their ways, just as you have done. The hunter breathed a sigh of relief and they walked home in silence. After that, whenever anyone asked why the blind man was so wise, his brother-in-law, the hunter, would say, because he sees with his ears and hears with his heart. Let's pause the chat for a few moments as we move into meditation and prayerful time. But right now, let's talk about our bodies and our minds. When the body and mind are in the same place at the same time, something magical happens. But this rarely happens by accident. Usually it's through consistent and regular practice. And there are a lot of different ways of getting the body and the mind into the same place. One way is actually through the body. When we become aware of when we're sitting, when we're standing, when we're laying down, when we're walking, and the transitions between those different postures, that helps us become, join our bodies to our minds. Another way is to become more familiar with our feelings and our sensations. What are we feeling? What's going on right now? Or to be more aware of our thinking or the content of our thoughts. So however we approach it, whatever the object of our focus, our thoughts, our body, our sensations, ultimately we want the body and the mind to be in the same place at the same time. And it's incredible how often they are not in the same place. 
Think about when we're driving or riding in a car and how often we're actually present in our body, paying attention to our body. And because driving is so familiar, we use the driving as time to think about something else. Now, if we're thinking about something that's helpful, that's one thing. But if it's our mind just playing over old stories or thoughts, ideas that aren't helpful or just productive, then it's really a good time to step out of the thinking and be present in the body so that the body and the mind are in the same place. This applies to many situations during the day, whether we're eating our food or doing some physical activity. These are all opportunities to join us together to be more whole. So let's take the opportunity now to put our minds and our bodies in one place. So find a comfortable seat. Maybe take a deep inhalation. Feel how your body is being supported. Turn your attention to your breath. And we'll sit together now in silence. As we settle into the chill of shorter days and longer nights, the warmth of our community grows ever more important. Let us share our joys and our worries, our hopes and our fears. With this act of courage, vulnerability and trust, may we feel the warmth of one another's love. If you cannot share in the chat, we still want to hear from you. Email caring, at uuabq.org.
espejo y veo el reflejo de un Sean Stadivio con esfuerzo que va quemando el amor ardiente como el fuego, amor de madre, amor de hijos, siguiendo fieles el ejemplo de Cristo. Hay tanto que dar y tan poco que pedir. Madre Santa del Cielo, hoy cantamos para ti, unidos en la alianza de amor. Vamos construyendo sueños, juntos en la misión, tú y yo por ellos. Toma mi vida, piensa mi voluntad. Ayúdanos siempre a amar la verdad y así lograr la santidad. Déjame educarte, quiero transformarte. Hijo predilecto Y yo voy a guiarte Y sigue a tu hermano Sé todo para todos Entrégate sin miedo Y descubre tu misión Y yo sembraré en la tierra fértil Llenaré el huerto de tu corazón Madre Santa del Cielo Hoy cantamos para ti, unidos en lazos de fe. Vamos construyendo sueños, juntos en la misión, tú y yo por ellos. Toma mi vida, piensa mi voluntad. Siempre amar la verdad y así lograr la santidad.
all these we lift up to the great powers of celebration and healing and renewal known by many names we give thanks for the unitarian universalist service committee whose long history gives us a shining example of how to be unitarian universalist may the uusc continue to thrive to serve and to make change as Unitarian Universalists, we regularly pray for those that we will never meet. But this is a time of much struggle and suffering within our congregation. While we always think of the larger world, today our thoughts and our prayers go to the people besides us on this journey. It's harder to see when we look at all the things, but as a congregation, we are truly all in this together. So we lift up all our people who are struggling with COVID, including Chris Paul and his family and many congregants. We give thanks for their caretakers. May all who are sick find comfort and healing. We pray for the family of Casey Spivey, whose nurse, whose niece gave birth to a daughter two weeks ago and the baby's grandfather saw her one time before just dying of esophageal cancer a week later. May the family find balance as they experience joy and grief together. We send love to Tracy Smith, the daughter-in-law of Maggie Agard, who was very seriously injured in a car crash in Colorado. And we pray for Sherry Masidi and her family as she braves her battle with pancreatic cancer. May they all return to wellness quickly. Our hearts ache for Connie Malecki and her children, Greg, Leslie, and Ryan, as they sit with Marty Malecki, who is in at-home hospice care. May they all feel the love of this congregation in this sacred time. We mourn with Randy Granger as he grieves his partner, Michael. May light perpetual shine upon Michael. We give thanks for this congregation. We give thanks for the people we know and the people we haven't met yet. We give thanks for the work that we see and the work that we don't see. We give thanks for the prayers that we hear and the prayers that aren't spoken but are deeply felt regardless. As we move next week from two separate services to two unified services, we give thanks for all the volunteers who, for the last 18 months, battled weak Wi-Fi signals and constantly changing Zoom protocols to allow us to join together in worship while we stayed safe in our homes. May they feel the deep gratitude of this congregation. We pray for this congregation, sometimes broken, sometimes beautiful, and always striving to become a beloved community. And may we all be held in the heart of love. Peace be with you.
How beautiful. Good morning, Albuquerque. It is such a joy to be with you this morning for worship. It's wonderful to be able to see the behind the scenes of such a complicated process. You have an amazing team here at First Unitarian, and it's wonderful to be with you all. I have had the privilege of worshiping with you once before after an action in El Paso. This was before the pandemic. I learned then about your powerful presence in the community, about your warmth with each other, and about your talented leadership. Thank you especially to Angela, my colleague, who did not hesitate to say yes when I shared that I would be traveling in the area. I so admire Angela's ministry, as I'm sure you do, and have I have admired her ever since I saw her years ago leading a denominational meeting with incredible grace and power. I'm so glad to be your colleague, Angela, and, and to um, be here with your incredibly talented colleagues and the team, the ministry team here, Angela, Bob, Kristen, Christine, and Jane. My sermon this morning is about courageous connections that heal and the way we help create what our ancestors dreamed and what our children demand. In early September, UUSC's head of programs, Rachel Fried, traveled to Hungary and Poland to meet with UUSC partners who are responding to the needs of communities caught in intersectional oppressions that have been compounded by Russia's invasion and devastating attack on Ukraine. Our partners there asked for support in part to provide a brief time of rest and connection for feminist leaders who are facing unthinkable violence and trauma. Rachel shared on her return what an honor it was for her to witness the care with which these leaders gathered together at a remote retreat center to ground themselves once more in their commitments to activism, to rest for a time, and to connect with each other in support and love. I begin with this picture of a small part of UUSC's work in our world in hopes that we together this morning might hold in our community care, both the unthinkable losses that are happening every single day in our world and the remarkable healing and hope that is born in courageous connection and commitment to justice. As Bob shared in last week's sermon, it is so important to stay conscious of what is beautiful, of what is precious, of those things we love. It is the beauty and the precious gift of life that we are called to protect and preserve for every person. This is the sacred calling we are gathered to nurture today. I appreciate the opportunity to weave UUSC's story with First UU's story and to share the role you play in these global connections for healing and justice. As you've heard, UUSC, at UUSC, we have the honor of working with remarkable partners around the world, 70 different grassroots partner groups who are creating justice 
and advancing human rights. UUSC partners communities that are deeply impacted by injustice, facing seemingly insurmountable odds against them, still devote themselves to connections that heal because they know that nothing else will lead us to a world where all may enjoy basic human rights. The power of this kind of authentic and transformative connection and action is present in many threads of progressive religious thought. One that I want to share this morning is the Jewish scholar Martin Buber, who succinctly and vividly offers a model of healing connection in his notion of I and thou relationship. He distinguishes authentic, transformative connection, I and thou, from objectifying and extractive relationship, what he called I and it. When I meet you as thou, I welcome you as a subjective other, worthy and whole in your own right. When I meet you as it, I am preoccupied by what you are to me and thereby unable to really see you at all. Relationship within I and it is transactional, extractive, instrumental. I find this distinction so useful. We fail, all of us fail at this kind of connection that we know reflects the values we hold. We fail over and over again. Loving connection, meeting someone in the wholeness of their humanity requ requires courage and our own deep groundedness. One of the things that happens every Sunday when we gather is a calling back to sacred loving connections and an invitation to the work of repair for the times we have failed to meet each other in love. As Mia said in the story, to learn from our mistakes and change our ways. All of us have experienced individual failure at this and our own spiritual work for courage and ground groundedness and integrity is important work for each of us. But the systemic failures are what I am thinking about this morning. And here, it's important to remember that the biggest challenge we face is not one leader or one party or one issue that fails to recognize the human rights of some people. The biggest challenge we face is that the systems by which we organize our shared life, politically, economically, and socially, have been designed in no small part to keep us disconnected to ensure that we forget our kinship, that we all have worth, that we all belong, and that we only thrive when we thrive together. As political theorist Brian Stout has written in his blog, Building Belonging, all domination systems, white, white supremacy, patriarchy, colonialism, extractive capitalism, all domination systems depend on three things to maintain their power. Disconnecting us from ourselves and our bodies, disconnecting us from each other and community, and disconnecting us from land and other living beings. And once we are disengaged and unrelated, 
we find that we resign ourselves to powerlessness. And truly, when we disengage and isolate ourselves, we are powerless. This is what UUSC partner Pacific Island students fighting climate change are working against. They are indigenous youth and young adults whose homes and livelihoods and identities are at tremendous risk. Some of them are in immediate danger from rising water and saltwater encroachment. All of them know that they understand a great deal more than most of the world about the impact of climate change and the radical change that is needed. They've been advocating for many years for a more proportionate response from global powers. Their motto, which I love, is we are not drowning, we are fighting. Now they've launched a new campaign born in a classroom conversation at law school in the Solomon Islands. They are calling on the United Nations International Court of Justice to issue an advisory opinion, ruling that the climate crisis is a human rights issue. They are, they like to say, bringing the world's biggest problem to the world's highest court. An advisory opinion could create a clearer sense of accountabilities, a clear statement on the obligation of states under international law to protect the rights of present and future generations against the adverse effects of climate change. Essentially, the Pacific Island students are saying that by bringing a human rights lens to our negotiations and plans in response to the climate crisis, we are meeting each other and every other as thou, recognizing the wholeness and worth of each and all, and challenging the transa transactional, extractive, I and it systems that are allowing us to destroy our homes. Around the world, with your support, UUSC works with partners to challenge systems that force us into extractive relationships with each other and with our planet. In rejecting the cynical notion that there is no other way, UUSC partners, many around the world, are building healing connection and regenerative economies so that all may flourish and thrive. Every day in this work, I am reminded how much has been lost. And every day in this work, I am reminded that more justice is possible. I appreciate how Robin Wall Kimmerer uses her traditional wisdom and academic training as a botanist to show us the way nature models I and thou. Maybe you have been hearing about Robin Wall Kimmerer. Maybe you have read her book, Braiding Sweetgrass. There's a wonderful piece in the Washington Post from earlier this month about her work and about how her book and her popularity has grown. We were so happy to see a few weeks ago that she actually received one of the MacArthur Genius Grants. I especially love an essay Kimmerer has written on what she calls the gift economy. As she describes the regenerative power in the plant world through the example of the service berry, she reminds us that it is all gift. Nothing 
we have done entitles us to this life or to each other. It's a gift. And when we hoard, when we objectify the giver or the gift, whether a person or the planet, when we treat people as things, commodify that which cannot be owned, when we make of the gift a private asset, we squash the regenerative nature of life itself and risk losing it all, which is the inevitable consequence of objectifying each other and life. So many of the systems that order our lives politically, economically, and socially are powered by racism, patriarchy, and extractive capitalism. If our faith calls us to justice grounded in the inherent worth and dignity of life itself, we must find ways, large and small, to reject these systems and create new ones. I am so grateful to have the opportunity to do just this through UUSC's mission. During Climate Week in New York in September at the United Nations General Assembly, UUSC partners Vishal and Solomon from the Pacific Island students arranged with our support a side event to share their campaign for an advisory opinion. The ambassador from the Republic of Vanuatu spoke about his work to garner support from other nations. The event, which I had the privilege of attending, was full of legal and procedural information. But more than that, what was memorable about that time together was all of the color and joy and love in the room. I was imagining meetings all over the city happening in other places at the United Nations and elsewhere. And I was thinking, I was so glad to be in a place where what we love, what is precious, what is beautiful is held and remembered. This is the reason we fight. In the last month, we learned that Antigua and Barbuda Costa Rica, Sierra Leone, Germany, Mozambique, Liechtenstein, Samoa, Micronesia, Bangladesh, Morocco, Singapore, Uganda, and New Zealand, Vietnam, and Portugal are some of the countries that have joined this campaign with Vanuatu and the Pacific Island students. This week, other UUSC staff were with partners in Washington, D.C. at a hearing for the Inter-American Council on Human Rights, advocating for the self-determination of indigenous communities in the United States facing land loss and the threat to their culture and their lives. Every day, we are aware of the unthinkable losses around us and around the world. Every day. Let us also hold with gratitude and courage the work that is ours to do, the healing connections we can create, and indeed, the new world that is already being built. May it be so. Amen.
Alice Walker wrote, to the extent that is possible, you must live in the world today as you wish everyone to live in the world to come. That can be your contribution. Otherwise, the world you want will never be formed. Let this offering be a contribution to the world you want everyone to live in. Together, may we form the world we want. Our Change for the Future partner for September, October, and November is Art Street. Art Street is a community art studio used primarily by people who are unhoused, operated by the Albuquerque Healthcare for the Homeless. The Art Street program also provides art therapy groups with a focus on trauma at the West Side Emergency Housing Center. We're also taking a special offering to support the work of the UUSC today too. We've just heard about the fabulous justice work being done around the world. You can give to the UUSC by going to uusc.org and clicking the donate button. so much for your generous gifts on behalf of the congregation and the UU Service Committee and our Change for the Future partner. And I also just want to remind you that we are still wrapping up our operating campaigns. If you haven't made a pledge yet, we hope you'll do so. It's super easy. Just go to the church website. All right, you might have noticed that I am not where I started out this morning. Bob and I are now in the sanctuary foyer. Every week when we lead the in-person service in here, we carry all of you who attend on Zoom with us in our hearts. And today on this special day, we wanted to end this service by bringing you with us virtually 
into the sanctuary where we're going to be next week. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> it's full of chairs. <laughs> so many chairs. All right, let's turn around right here, Bob. Sounds there good. it is. All right. So next week when the services begin, we'll all be together here. Some of us will be in these sanctuary chairs that we just tripped over, and some will be here <laughs> virtually. When we greet each other with a gesture of peace, it's going to look and feel familiar but you'll be joined by everybody in this room doing the same thing. We can't wait to share live music with you again, right in front of our beloved mural and to discover playful ways of connecting virtual and physical sanctuary spaces. And now I invite you to see your fellow virtual church attenders in gallery view. That's up in the upper right-hand corner of your screen. These are the faces of your virtual community. So many of you have been here all along and will continue to be for a long time to come. And that is great. So let's share our peace greeting. One hand on our heart, the other hand reaching out towards our community. Blessed be. Blessed be. We're coming toward the end of the formal time of this service now. And as always, you're invited to stay and connect with each other in breakout rooms. And whether you do that or whether you go on to have conversations in some other format today, you might like to have a discussion question to get you going. And I think, how about this discussion question? Um, what are you curious about, about the UU Service Committee's work together? And how can you picture our congregation connecting with it? Now our benediction, these words from Maya Angelou. We are weaned from our timidity in the flush of love's light. We dare to be brave and suddenly we see that love costs all we are and will ever be. And yet it is only love that sets us free. Go in peace, friends.